In this episode, we unpacked why Ellen Bertram became a vet herself and how she is making a big impact in our community. Is your health thriving or is it merely surviving? Welcome to Thriving with Chiropractic, where we unpack conditions and lifestyle challenges in order for you to be the best version of health you can possibly be. I'm your host, Dr. Mosier, and my beautiful co-host is my wife, Ellen. Join us on this journey to thrive. Hey folks, Dr. Mosier here, and I have Ellen with me today, and you are actually a recent graduate, a recent vet. When did you graduate? I graduated from the University of Illinois in 2020, so right in the midst of COVID, so that was fun. Awesome. So um, how long is the VET program? So undergrad, you need a minimum of four years really to get all your prereqs in, and mm-hmm. then vet school alone is another four years of just vet school. Nice. So eight all in total. That's a lot of years of school. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not, very much, well, not very much social time in the eight years. <laughs> I understand how that goes, and you guys have, uh, I'm sure, boards and, mm-hmm. and all the yeah. same things that us chiropractors have. Yeah. It, it's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. Our boards is an eight-hour test, so it is a truly mind-blowing <laughs> long test. Yes. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So you're, you're new, mm-hmm. you're fresh, and you are working at this clinic, mm-hmm. and it's um, Spring Mill yeah. Clinic. How do you like it? Oh, I love it. Um, I like it so much that we're actually going to buy the clinic this summer. So Wonderful. Yeah, but um, I really like it over there. The clientele is what really made it for me. Um, the work-life balance that we actually have. A lot of client or clinics do not have much work-life balance. So mm. this one, you know, I can make it here for my 545 appointment instead of a hit and miss on, on some other clinics. So that was, those are the two biggest points that really drove it home for, like, yeah, this is where I want to be. Awesome. So you're going to buy the clinic, and mm-hmm. I believe June 1st is yes. is the start of, like, you're the owner. Yes. You yeah. don't own your own business, yeah. which yeah. is exciting. <laughs> it is. It's going to be a big year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's something I always knew I wanted once I got into vet school. After talking to a few vets, they'd come in and, you know, experienced vets would come in and kind of give us pep talks about their career paths and whatever. And, yeah. and so different business owners definitely encouraged that. So it's always been on, on my mind. But I didn't think it would happen two years out of school. I thought it would be five to ten years out. But it came along, so we're going nice. for it. Well, I think we opened this uh, probably two years after I graduated so yeah. so you're 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 at the right time normal frame. frame yeah yeah so are you nervous just a little bit um my bosses are traveling a lot right now so I'm kind of getting used to how to run the day-to-day so it won't be a huge transition for me but it'll still be you know whenever the phones don't want to work I have to be the one to make those phone calls and things like that mm. and a few extra things that I'll have to deal with suddenly on June 1st but not too bad. Nice. So um, now that you're going to take over, are you going to make any changes or are you pretty happy with how things are? Or? Yeah, um, we're mostly keeping stuff the same. The biggest thing, we want to add a haul-in large animal facility. Of course, the price of metal and everything went up this year, so you know, maybe not day one, but definitely here sh- soon I want to get that added in just so we can do more in clinic large animal things instead of having to go out for all of them. Um, but other than that, I don't really want to change much. I like how everything's ran. I like how it's set up. I like the flow of stuff. So 
I want to keep all the protocols the same and things like that. So nice. Now let, I want to backtrack a little bit, but why did you be, go through all that schooling? Like, what is your favorite thing to do as a vet, or, or why you became a vet? Yeah, so growing up, everybody always told me, well, you'd be a good vet, you'd be a good vet. So I grew up on a farm, we had horses, goats, and cows, and, and I never believed them. And finally I got into a clinic in high school, and it's like, oh, this is actually what I want to do. I knew I wanted to do something in agriculture, um, but the mix between the medicine and animals was really what, what kind of sealed the deal for me. That I really liked both components. It was... I just never put it together, you know, the obvious that that would be a vet. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, what animals do you like? Do you like working with, you know, cats, ugh, dogs, <laughs> yeah. or um, uh, cattle? Yeah, I'd say beef cattle are probably my favorite to work with. Um, I definitely don't mind working on dogs at all. Um, cats, you know, we tolerate each other. <laughs> so nice. I think that we have that mutual agreement with most of my cat clients <laughs> or cat, cat patients. But yes. yeah, beef cattle is definitely where my favorite is. Um, especially with them, you get to know the farmers attached to them really well. And so we have some really good clients there that, that it makes it fun to work with all of them too. Nice. Well, there is a lot of farmland around here, um, a lot of farmers around here, and there's a, a lot to it. Uh, uh, there's a, a, a patient, uh, we won't mention any names, but he um, measures the, the scrotum on bulls, yeah. right, to see if, if that bull is going to produce. Yeah. yeah. Tell us more about that, like yeah. what's, what's with that? So a big part of beef cattle is making sure that they have a calf every year. And so we want to make sure that every step of that process works. So part of that is making sure that the bulls can actually go out and get cows bred. So we will do breeding soundness exams on all the bulls it's about this time of year. Mm -hmm. uh, two weeks ago we did 97 bulls in one day here for Washington County alone. Uh, wow. So that's our big day. Uh, we have everybody haul in from the county and we just test them all back to back to back. And on average, we have about 10% of them will fail. So had we not tested them, the was going to be 10% of that bull's herd was not going to get those those females bred. And that could really, I mean, that could make or break a producer at the end of the year. If we had a whole group of 25 cows come up as open, not pregnant, yeah. um, that could really hurt your bottom line at the end of the day. So a few, few bucks for a test here and there, I mean, we they pay for themselves to find those bulls that aren't right. aren't going to be fertile and aren't going to work. Um, so this year we actually had a little bit higher. We were at 13% for Washington County failed. And, um, the other two counties so far are right at 10% so far. So nice. Yeah. So you're you're saving that farmer thousands of dollars by knowing hey, yeah. this bull isn't going to exactly. produce. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which speaking of, of pregnancy. You're pregnant. Yes, yes. <laughs> How far along are you? Um, right at 17 weeks this week. So just in the second trimester, and glad to be out of the first trimester slump of just being tired. So I'm nice. hitting a nice stride. So you're about to own a business, yeah. and you're about to have your first child. Yeah. <laughs> you and your husband own a farm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you do? Oh, 
no, that's about it. We, we, um, we do have a river that runs through our property. So in the summer times, we try, we try very hard to not work on Sundays. We try our best. Some days that doesn't work. We just get chores done. Some days you can't help it, but we do enjoy going and sitting at the river in the summertime. And you know, we'll watch, we've been watching all the March Madness games right now, and so nice. just hanging out with our cows and our dogs. Really, <laughs> that's about it. Which um, brings me to another point. I want to rehash out how we first met. Yeah. Right. Um, you told me something in the consultation room that I yeah. thought was interesting. Yeah. Speaking of all the work that you do. Uh, you came in that day, and that day, do you remember what you did that day? Yeah, yeah, I had um, just pregnancy checked about 100, I don't know, maybe 200 heifers or so that day. <laughs> and um, For that, we rectally palpate the heifers to see if they're going to be open, uh, not bred, or pregnant. Uh, so that's what I had just done quite a few that day. <laughs> And how far do you stick your arm? Um, for a heifer, I don't usually have to go past my elbow. For a real long or long-bred cow, I mean, you can just barely be hitting the edge of the calf, and I'm as far in as I can, and just barely getting the edge of the calf at my fingertips. So it kind of depends on the stage of pregnancy. Wow. Yeah. Which, um, you know, a human uterus is, is very powerful. Yeah. With the, the musculature. Uh, I wonder how much pressure is on your shoulder yeah. when you stick your arm in there. It's quite a bit. So uh, there's little tricks that you can kind of position yourself so that you don't get fatigued quite as quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but in school they do tell you that you've only got about a million palpations per arm before you have to have a new shoulder put in. And so there are things like we have uh, ultrasound that has an extension arm on it. And so it's, it basically looks like a PVC pipe and we'll put an ultrasound on the tip of it and just wave the ultrasound in rectally mm. instead of having to stick her whole arm in. So it does save mm. her arm for that. Um, but for certain animals that doesn't work, heifers, so they haven't had a calf before, um, we don't want to do that because they're at an increased risk of some danger using that. Mm -hmm. um, but bred older cows, it's great for them and it saves us a lot of wear and tear. And I think it's quicker too and we can be a lot more accurate with that. Nice. So on that consultation day, you were complaining of... Yeah, my shoulder and my neck I think were the worst. So what were your results since coming in? Yeah, so I definitely can tell a difference. I had noticed before I came in that whenever I was driving that I just constantly felt uncomfortable in my neck. That was the biggest thing. Um, and after just a, not too long, I could tell that my neck was getting a lot more comfortable. Um, and another spot was in my hips that just from, you know, just wear and tear of working around cattle, I kind of get jerked around, that I was more comfortable. It, the biggest thing was sitting in my truck driving, that I noticed I could sit there comfortably and nice. don't realize how much I was doing it until I wasn't. But I really felt more comfortable. I feel like I've slept better too, but I don't know. Nice. So now I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on animal chiropractic? Yeah, so uh, I'm full support of it. We need somebody around here that wants to do all that because there, there are plenty of patients that would. Uh, my 
best friend in undergrad actually went and got certified in human and animals so nice. she's done her handful of, of dogs and horses and so it's been cool to kind of see some of the stories that she's had of uh, little ones here and there um, but yeah I, I completely support it um, there was a time in my life when I thought I would go back to school and get certified in it mm -hmm. at this point I can't imagine doing more schooling at all yes. um, but I did strongly consider it there's uh, there are four different schools I looked at but just the time and being away, I can't imagine doing that at this point. Right, yes, and that, that would be really hard, yeah. especially when you're starting your own business. Now, I'll tell you a story, but don't tell nobody, yeah. okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a really good patient, and he comes in, and he's, you know, he's kind of upset, and he's telling me about how his wife is just at home bawling her eyes out. Yeah. Because she's, she's holding this little dog about yay big, the dog really just jumped out of her hands. Yeah. And she lands on the hip. Oh, no. Right? And the dog is, you know, a handful of years old, so not a young pup. Yeah. And so they take him, the dog to a vet, uh, not you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you want to do this. But they said, well, to fix the dog, we'll probably have to do surgery and see they're going to be 3000 or $15,000. And really, if it doesn't get better, yeah. uh, we're going to have to put the dog down. <sighs> and so she, she... The whole family's just a sobering mess yeah. about this dog. And so it's like, all right, don't tell nobody. And yeah. Don't tell nobody, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, bring the dog to me, yeah. and I'll use my activator, and I'll do what I do, because I know the spine pretty well. I'm not certified. Yeah. Uh, and I adjusted for a couple of visits, but each visit I used our lasers, uh -huh. right? And, and um, you've been in clinics that use lasers. So laser is extremely popular in, in our world, chiropractic, yeah. as well as your world. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, now with a dog, we have to go fast, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because the, the heat will get really hot, yeah. right? If you if we used a laser on our hair, we would burn our yeah. scalp. Yeah, be bad. <laughs> but since we don't have fur, uh, we just go slower. So anyway, I, I did this on the dog and I'm going really fast. And after the second visit, the dog is just running around where before it was not walking at all. Oh man. So that's, that's impressive. I mean, it's not, not unheard of, but I, I mean, it helps. It definitely does. Yeah. So yeah. we just have to make sure we don't tell anybody. No, nobody knows. Really bad. <laughs> nobody uh, needs to know. <laughs> because I'm not certified. But it, it was really neat to just be able to help that family out. Yeah. And I think, um, a lot of, uh, chiropractors that are into working on animals, they do the show animals. Yes, which, yes. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, so, and that's the other thing that the laser that I've seen it used most on was a lot of show animals, that mm -hmm. they're constantly on concrete, you know, these animal, these steers that are used to being on pasture ground, and same thing with hogs, that, okay, maybe hogs are more used to it, but it doesn't mean that they're designed for it, mm -hmm. being on concrete. But yeah, I mean, it helps that they're they're just out where they're not supposed to be, and and we can give them just enough of a, an adjustment to yeah. keep them looking good. That's all they really need for the show stuff. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for joining me, and folks, stay tuned for Thriving with Chiropractic next week. Thank you for joining. We truly hope Thriving with Chiropractic is making a positive impact on your health and wellness. Please comment and share this episode. We would love to hear from you. And as always, remember, your story matters.